Hello, and welcome to Rounds with Relias, the podcast for healthcare professionals. I'm your host, Jesse Saffron. In recent years, mergers and acquisitions involving hospitals and healthcare systems have increased significantly. For many institutions, such consolidation can result in increased competitiveness and greater economies of scale. But today's guest says that healthcare leaders also should keep in mind that there are potential safety and liability risks that can follow these mergers. Integrating physicians, nurses, and other healthcare providers into work cultures and patient populations with which they are unfamiliar can in some cases harm patients and reduce quality of care. Dr. Susan Haas, our guest today, is an expert in this field. Among her other professional roles, she is a principal investigator at Boston-based Ariadne Labs, where she is working on a project aimed at reducing safety risks that can arise from healthcare system expansion. She also is the lead author of a recent article published in JAMA titled, The Risks to Patient Safety from Health System Expansions, which we'll get to in a few minutes. Dr. Haas, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, can you please give our listeners an overview of the healthcare mergers and acquisitions landscape? Uh, 2017 was a record year in terms of the number of such expansions, and it seems like this year is on track to top that. Absolutely. Uh, if you look at a graph of the number of, of mergers, acquisitions, or other kinds of expansions in the United States year by year, you can see that from 2014 through 2017, the last four years, there have been over 100 each year. And in the years leading up to that, the number has increased every single year. There's no reason structurally to see that there's going to be any slowdown in this level of activity. And that's why it's so important for us to uh, attend to what are some of the unintended consequences of the, those numbers of mergers and acquisitions. Dr. Haas, in your JAMA article on the risks that can arise from these mergers, you highlight three factors that can lead to safety and liability issues, uh, new patient populations, unfamiliar infrastructure, and new settings for physicians. Can you expand on this? Yes. Uh, new patient populations or an increase in volume of patients arise when the obvious business case from a merger, which is to consolidate standardize, simplify, uh, occurs. So, for example, if two hospitals merged and they both had an obstetric service that was uh, functioning at a suboptimal number of deliveries, they would obviously choose to consolidate all the births into one hospital. They may, example, for example, also consolidate geriatric services, bariatric surgery, uh, and pediatrics in particular is one where having a larger volume of patients matters. The second uh, area you talked about was unfamiliar infrastructure and resources. And again, this is a business case where you would want to standardize your supply chain and achieve economies of scale. So, for example, you might standardize your formulary, which means that uh, physicians and nurses in one hospital now have a number of medications with which they're not familiar but are what's available to prescribe. You might standardize your test reporting system uh, and so the lab results look different or the radiology reports have different language uh, for um, providers in one hospital. You might um, 
obviously the big one is the electronic health record. You might choose to standardize that record, which means that uh, everybody in one hospital has to learn a new record. But even if you have the same record, then there are different ways of using it. They've always been customized to the local preferences. So you could see an example where a patient comes into the emergency room and someone needs to find the advanced care plan quickly to make a decision about treatment, and it's just in a different method of filing that grew up. So that would be another example. And then the third uh, new settings for physicians that we found uh, was something uh, that surprised us to be how large an issue this is. It's very common with uh, mergers, which are prototypically a larger academic hospital and a community hospital, not always, but that's a very common uh, pattern, that one of the values for the community hospital is that uh, subspecialists who are practicing in the larger academic center can then come to the community hospital to provide subspecialty care, uh, which wouldn't otherwise be available there. And the challenge there is that uh, physicians may know what they want to do, but actually medicine is not just the what, but it is very largely the how. And how is different in every institution and oftentimes on every nursing floor. And so suddenly physicians are confronted with knowing what they want to do, but not how to get it done. Given all of these problems, what should risk managers in these settings be focused on? What are some of the solutions that you have developed? Uh, we have developed uh, three, actually almost four, solutions at this point. And I will describe those. Um, they are, first of all, for the clinicians to be involved from the very uh, beginning and for the entire process to look at what is the clinical goal of the merger or acquisition. We often look at the business goal, supply chain, efficiencies of scale, um, ability to transfer patients uh, between and among hospitals. But what are the actual clinical goals? Uh, we developed, uh, through a large number of conversations uh, in the Harvard system, a goal that said that uh, the value and quality of care for patients across the merged organization should unambiguously be improved. And that was a pretty high stake to put on every decision. Will this improve care somewhere in the system? So that would be the first thing I would recommend that clinicians be involved in. What's the clinical goal? Uh, the second is to meet with others across the um, spectrum, the, your counterparts at the other hospital, and to say, how do you do things here? Well, how do you do things there? Well, what are your goals of care here? How does it work? To try to understand the differences that are pretty much subliminal for all of us now. It's just the way we do things uh, in our family, in our hospital here and understand what those unspoken differences are and make them public and, and specific to everybody. So you can try to figure out, well, how could that be a problem for patients? Where could that go wrong for patients? Um, and then the third thing that we thought was important, uh, and I, I will say here we convened large numbers of clinical and network development leaders to develop all these ideas and processes, 
was that once the merger is uh, achieved, some of those risks that have been unearthed are still there. Um, and some of the quality goals are yet to be achieved by the merger. And that would be, so the third process we thought was important was to uh, convene clinical leadership with adequate data and QI and project management support to be sure that those goals uh, continue and are addressed. To find out more about topics like this one, please go to reliasmedia.com slash podcast where you can listen to other episodes. There, you also can subscribe to our informative publications such as Healthcare Risk Management and obtain CME or CE credit. Can you talk for a little bit about the nuts and bolts of these mergers? For example, is risk management given much weight during the planning stages, or are these patient safety and liability issues treated more as afterthoughts in that process? I would say that that's changing. Um, uh, given what I said before, that these are business deals, um, and I think having too many um, cooks in the kitchen can make it very challenging to do a business deal, so they are typically done rather quietly uh, with small groups of people involved. Um, doctors haven't been at the table, and um, our work has really come from observing uh, that there has been too little risk management focus, that this new concept that, that has emerged, that um, mergers and acquisitions aren't always just better for patients. They could actually cause harm. So for that reason, I think more and more people are beginning to understand the importance of having uh, physicians at the table and nurses as well. Um, but it's still not a common practice in my view. So we've talked about how important it is for risk managers and other high-level administrators to be very proactive in these cases. But I'm curious, can you talk a little bit more about what role, if any, there should be for the physicians, nurses, and other providers who are working in the trenches? Yeah, I would say that there are roles, and I want to talk about the administrative role as well as the clinical role. So. For administrators, network development people who are um, creating these um, mergers and acquisitions, I think there, it would be very appropriate for them to be proactive and go out and engage clinicians at the outset. Um, and I would say also uh, for administrators who may not be actively involved in risk management to involve the risk management staff of their organization as well, right at the outset. So that, I think, should be on the checklist for mergers and acquisitions. But to your question about clinicians, what should they do? Uh, I think that uh, clinicians are pretty busy these days, and anything more on their plate gets a little bit of a please don't do this to me reaction. And I think the role for clinicians is to actually respond when asked and to understand that um, risks in patient safety come from non-standardization, from everybody doing it the way that they like best, and to be um, interested in trying to find out how to standardize care across this new, larger organization uh, so that uh, people all instinctively do things the same way. And that's hard, but we've learned that through um, surgical safety checklists 
that if everybody uses the same checklist and uses the same standard understanding of process, risk goes down. We've learned that from standardizing patient handoffs using iPass um, or other uh, communication methods such as SBAR. Risk and harm go down. So that's the ask, I think, of the clinicians is um, to respond to the administrator's call uh, and to appreciate the need to standardize. Dr. Haas, what would you like to see going forward, whether in terms of new research on, on this topic or uh, perhaps institutional policies regarding these expansions? Uh, what would you like to see going forward? I think there are a couple of things I'd like to see going forward. Um, I would like to see research on some of the tools that we've created, um, which I haven't mentioned heretofore in the podcast, but which are available on the Ariadne Labs website. They're free, download, modify, open source. Um, and when we created, for example, the pre-affiliation discussion guide, this was from soliciting opinions for, from a lot of people. So this has tremendous face validity People say, yep, that's what we should be talking about, but we've never tested to see if it actually will make a difference in patient harm. So I would love to see, do our tools work? Um, the second research question uh, that I have of three uh, is how do we embed the process of onboarding um, PSA physicians, professional services agreement physicians, the onesies and twosies who travel to other hospitals. How do we embed an improved onboarding into their beginning to work at the new hospital? Um, we have interviewed a number of people and found that everybody gets their pager and their parking pass and their passwords and that works fine. But those difficult questions about um, exactly how care is delivered here and what are the resources and how do I get this done often are learned by trial and error. And we would like to find out whether the process that we're developing for that actually helps. Um, and then the third research question that I'd like to see is um, inter-hospital transfer worked on. Um, we think that this potentially some risk to patients in inter-hospital transfer because the processes aren't typically worked out or standardized. And what's the best process and how do things go wrong in that case? So that's really my um, research agenda. You asked also about policies. Um, and I think that uh, there's not widespread recognition of this risk of um, to patient safety from system expansion. And so for risk managers who are doing a root cause analysis, for the Department of Public Health that's investigating something that went wrong in a hospital, they really need to add that into their checklist of questions. Is there some role in, uh, from a hospital merger that caused this outcome? And then uh, I think for regulators who are approving mergers, and that varies from state to state, obviously, they need to add that into their checklist as well. You know, what is the risk to patients 
um, and what are the mitigating practices that the organizations have designed prior to approving a risk. And then finally, I would like to see regulatory oversight bodies, the Joint Commission comes to mind, um, assess the risk to patient safety from mergers in their work as well. Dr. Haas, can you tell our listeners briefly about some of the work you're doing at Ariadne Labs? Yes. Um, I think the really unique and wonderful part of our work is that our uh, malpractice carrier, um, this is Crico, uh, recognized early on that there was just a little signal about this uh, mergers and acquisitions because so many of our local hospitals were merging and there was some problem and they said, let's get out ahead of this. Uh, and they have a strong focus on patient safety and they came to Ariadne and said, would you figure this out for us? So broadly, um, I've been involved in this entire issue of system expansion, and we've really gone from what we like to call out of the cloud and into the mist. You know, what is this issue? What is the problem? How does it work? How can we address it? And so um, that's the primary thing I've been involved in at Ariadne. Ariadne also looks more broadly to reduce uh, death and suffering using simple tools that can be spread everywhere. So the surgical safety checklist has been one. The um, WHO obstetric checklist has been another area of research. Um, and uh, serious illness conversation uh, guides, having uh, standardized, tested ways to have important conversations with people who are seriously ill about what their preferences and wishes are for their care going forward. So that really kind of summarizes all of what Ariadne is about. Today we've been joined by Dr. Susan Haas, an expert in the field of hospital mergers and acquisitions. Dr. Haas, thank you for being on the show, and I hope to talk with you again soon. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Relias Media, where we empower healthcare providers to improve patient care and outcomes. To find out more about topics like this one, please go to reliasmedia.com slash podcasts, where you can listen to other episodes. There, you also can subscribe to our informative publications, such as ED Management, and obtain CME or CE credits.